The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. Today, we have a very exciting guest, and I'll tell you about our guest before I go into my commentary about why we have a radio talk show worldwide discussing water, fresh water. But today we have Jeff Chase, who is with the Pacific, uh, within the Pacific Northwest, with Living Water as a representative out of Texas, and then he also has a special guest with us that's going to join us, Stan Petrick, and they're both going to be discussing what is happening with water, living water. My commentary every week with this show has been the focus of what's happening to the water crisis on the face of our globe. We're living on the most, in the most magnificent miracle of life on the face of the globe. Just don't take that for granted. You're, when, when we've been on the moon and they're looking back at us and they're saying, as the astronauts were looking, they were saying, well, look at the, look at the earth. It's, it's, it's in this rhythm with the rest of the universe. So the world of all that strength and power of the world in the universe is all in the same rhythm as all other planets and stars and the moon in the universe. And I'll never forget when I heard um, Gene Cernan talk uh, when he was interviewed uh, with a special that Fox Television had had on, about our astronauts and NASA. And Gene said as he climbed the ladder for the final time, he spoke these words, the last current, he was the last that we, I believe, that was, was on the moon to be able to discuss and come back from Earth, to Earth from the moon. Bob said, he's looking back and he's wondering how people could take such, so for granted the power of God and what has happened here. And he said, as we leave the moon, at Taurus Litro, we leave as we came, God willing, as we shall return, with peace and hope for all mankind. Godspeed, the crew of Apollo 17. And he also mentioned in an interview that just broke my heart that we've all taken for granted something here, is the planet we're living on has the water. And I look at the, he was looking at the planet saying it's blue because it has the water. But he mentioned something about our life away from Earth and our life on Earth that we cannot take for granted. The magnificent miracle of all the power 
of the faith that made this all happen. Some of us call it God. Fresh water was brought to earth for a purpose. And that purpose is your life. You left your mother's pocket of water. You entered in the delivery room of birthing. At the moment, left the water and began to live in what's called humidity. Water in the air you cannot see that is vital, but also influenced by water on earth and fresh water. Fresh water is the key to all your life. And if you're not drinking eight to ten glasses of fresh water with no added ingredients a day, just kiss your health goodbye. You won't be healthy. You might fake it until when. The fresh water is your mo- you have in your body 50 trillion cells. They're all like little orbits. In that cell, you have two-thirds water, and outside the cell, one-third water. Now, if you're not going to drink water, and you're having drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and eating all the wrong foods, not sleeping right and not drinking enough water, you might as well just kiss your health goodbye. So my focus on this show has been for the world to come and talk about why fresh water and water on earth is so vital to your life and all life on earth. Water wars are happening in the United States of America from state to state. Type in water wars in the United States. You'll be shocked. Saddam Hussein did a mass, mass of life destruction, one of the worst in the world. When he got mad because his, his villages sided in with the enemy during the Re- Re- Russian Revolution, and they left. When Russia left, he decided to, to bulldoze and some of those villages all the water away, and they could have no water and die silently. So as you look at your history and all the water wars and all the water wars that have been going on in Menon and all all over the world and think about what they did, how those countries got where they're at, who won the water war. And that's what I'm where I'm coming from. We've got to win as a as a planet the whole war. Because without that fresh water you won't live. You'll die. The medical fit profession should be saying every time you take a tablet, a pill, or anything at all, you've got to drink 100% fresh water with each one. That if you're not drinking enough water, your medication's not going to work, your food's not going to digest, and you're going to be ill. It's fresh water. No added ingredients. So join with me and this radio show with the world to listen, and let's start a crusade from all walks of life all over the world that we are going to concentrate on the fact that you're made up of 50 trillion cells. I don't care where you live. That the newborn baby is 75% water. Your brain is 80% water. The surface of your eyes is 98% water. What do you think is happening when the eye drop touches your eyes or anything touches the eyes? 
Skin is 68% water. Your blood is 70% water. Your bones are 22% water. Your body fluids are 75 to 98% water. And I just told you that in each cell is two-thirds water. Outside the cell is one-third water. Why are you not drinking eight to ten glasses of fresh water a day with no added ingredients? It is beyond me, but that's what this show is about. We're going to be here to help each other. We're going to remind each other. We have 6,000 children dying a day because they don't have any water at all. Now, there is no excuse for that on this planet Earth because look at all that we have available. You can go to a computer. You can pick up a telephone. You can go to tap, tap and run the water. You can take a shower. You can go to your doctor. But these 6,000 children, it is unexcusable that their mommies are having to watch that happen. We're not going to, we're going to do something about that with this show. Well, I want to thank you for joining us and we're going to listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research, specializes in research in freshwater. And they have a product called Nature's Tears Eye Mist. So simple. Such a fresh water moisture to breathe but to touch the eyes. The eyes are 98% water at the surface. What are your eyes, the vision impairment and dry eye, the two words dry eye? What is the dry eye solution? Nature's tears eye mist. All 100% natural with just a mist. Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Jeff and Stan. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dan and Jeff, are you with us? We are. We are. Now, Jeff, I got a message from you saying that Stan was going to be our guest today also. That is correct. Um, it's the two of us here in the Portland uh, office covering the Northwest. Oh, and, you're uh, up in Portland, Oregon? We are. We are, yes. <laughs> and by the way, uh, we have been in Kenya, we have been in Holland, and we've been all over, and we've been to your Texas uh, location with uh, the former CEO and chairman of your Living Water. Uh, so it's nice here. having you both here today. Thank you. 
Well, tell us about now, which uh, I'll just let you two pop up. Uh, we'll start out with Jeff. Jeff, how did you start with Living Waters? Well, Sharon, um, I first got involved about six years ago, um, actually through my church, and uh, they raised funds to help build a well. Um, and so that really was my first awareness of the water crisis globally. Um, you know, it was kind of a, an eye-opener. And so that's when I first got involved. I actually joined um, Living Water full-time just over a year ago at, mm-hmm. on staff. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Stan, what about you? Sure. I actually, um, I've been with Living Water full-time about six years, but heard about Living Water and the water crisis about eight and a half years ago, and um, really just felt a calling to help um, help ease global poverty. Really didn't know what that meant at all. It was right. such a, a, a huge undertaking. Um, kind of blew my mind to even think about global poverty. And then someone opened a laptop in front of me and showed me images out of Ethiopia mm-hmm. of kids that were walking hours a day for dirty water that we wouldn't even right. allow, you know, like our right. dogs to drink out of here in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. And suddenly, um, really that singular focus of water made sense to me. And so well, Don't you involved. believe God's plan on Earth? And prior to the show, I was talking about one of the astronauts that was on the moon to come back for the last time. And he mentioned that when you're looking at the Earth from the moon, you see blue. Right. And the blue means there's water around it. And we've had heads of NASA on here. And I mentioned to them, I said, you know, uh, Jeff and Santa, I said to them, when you're thinking about how important this responsibility is, his name is Dr. Cecil, I said, Dwayne, we are responsible for what the ma- what's going on in the whole universe because, as we know, we have the water that has to be affecting the whole universe. So the higher plan here must be we better take it serious to protect that water source, the living in the water. Because both of you, without fresh water and the water, there is no life. It's gone. Absolutely. And what would be affecting the universe of the higher faith of it all, of how important this all is? It's like almost like a magic wand. And it's like the astronaut said, when you're looking back at Earth, and anybody who doesn't believe in the power of faith in God, there's something wrong here. Because when you're looking back from the moon, you're seeing this is all a magic of something by far more powerful than all of us. And so when I got into researching water over 30 years ago, that we had forgotten to keep fresh water in our everyday life as a primary source and in the medical field and more, I chose to go after it. Then when I started hearing, when I started this radio show, 6,000 children dying a day right. without water, where is our faith? Where is the, 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 what, the magic of what's going on here? That we have to look at ourselves as a whole planet. This is not just us. This is a whole planet of responsibilities. And if without the focus of primary number one faith of the whole earth, it's got to be water, but especially fresh water. Now, oh, sure. tell yeah, me, we, we, um, uh, uh, Jeff or Stan, whichever you want to say, 
Now, you're going into all these countries, and you've been into, I have on front of me, 23 countries to date, and correct me, and you've done, you've uh, had 11,266 water projects have been completed to these areas. Now, when you go into those areas as living waters, how do you choose where you're going into? Uh, how do you how do you go about that politically? Uh, tell our listeners. You bet. Um, we are in over 20 countries, and you're right. Um, it's it's been cumulatively over 12,000 uh, water projects uh, in the last 20 years, and 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 as you know, there's there's a desperate need for water, um, specifically in the countries that we're working. And so, determining where the need is, just in 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 terms of where there is water need, really isn't that hard. Um, that the need sometimes is everywhere. We work predominantly in rural areas um, where water is accessed underneath the ground. And so as these mothers and kids are walking hours a day got, you know, to gather unclean water, they're literally walking over underground aquifers that contain pure water. Yeah. You so, know, I'm, uh, glad you, uh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've often wondered, in fact, we've I've talked to some of the oil companies and and I, oh, he had the National Geographic on here, and one of the head photographers, and he was saying well, he goes all over the world taking these pictures for National Geographic. And one time he was in Ethiopia, and and uh, they were digging for oil, and out in the sand and and uh, the desert, and all of a sudden here comes all this water, and everybody got so excited. And he said, "What are they excited about? That's not oil." But it's water, and it turned out to be about 500 years of future water. Right. And you, like you said, you can find it below the desert sand if you're willing to go look. Yeah. Absolutely. And so in the areas that we work, again, like there, there's a desperate need for water. And so what we're really looking for is um, engagement from the communities that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And so... We want water today to mean water from 10 years from now. And what's important to ensure that isn't that we have the best drill rigs in the world. Um, what's important is that the community has really engaged themselves around wanting, needing, investing in um, their current and future water supply. Now, and you just so, said something yeah. there. Um, I like that word. I've had somebody else on this show, and um, they were on PBS, and I brought them on here, and I said, I've heard you say investing. And he said, well, if they don't invest and they don't make it turn it into a community business investment, they won't take care of it. Right. It'll go away. And uh, I'm, la- I'm glad, and I want the world to know my audience. The word investing means that if you don't take care of turning your, uh, the, what you, the, the, the infrastructure of your community and your livelihood, into an investment, it'll go away because there's no return on what you're trying to take serious. There is no business plan. There is no long-term plan. It'll it'll go away. So I'm glad that you use that as a term to invest in it. Now, when you go into those villages, those communities, and build that up, do you talk to the women first or do you talk to the men first? That's a great question. I think we we would talk with both. We would definitely see that that water is a women's issue. It's women and kids yes. um, that are affected most from water. I, I think I heard a stat once that the amount of time that, like, women in sub-Saharan Africa, the, just the amount of time that they spend to gather water is equal to the entire work fa- f- workforce 
of the country of France. I mean, it's just un, unimaginable the amount of time. We call that at Living Water time poverty. And so um, when, when women who could be at home teaching or could be at home earning an income are forced to, to walk a long distance for water, you can understand how that disrupts and the economy. You, have you and now, have you been told, and I looked into it a little bit, I don't have anything in front of me, that those women who get up at daybreak and they take off to those distances and carry that water each day and maybe more than once, they are not as healthy because of all of the exhaustion of having to bring home such a little bit amount of water, but enough to try to survive their family. Yeah, so this is, this is Jeff, and you bring up a, a great point, is not only is it the time poverty, Sharon, but... Um, these women often will, you know, you see the statistics, and sometimes it's two, three, four, five, eight kilometers, uh, depending on if it's the dry season, to go find these sources of water. And so they're getting up and they're, um, you know, they're spending hours. I mean, we've seen statistics that if you're a, if you're a woman in northern Uganda, like 50% of your waking hours are spent walking to go get water. And like Stan had mentioned, it's not safe water they're going to get. It's water that's going to make them sick and make their families sick, and yet it's the only source they have. But Well, where um, are the most in the cholera and malaria and all these diseases? Right. right. And, is and, in these locations where they do not have fresh running water. And we've had United Nations on here, and I will tell you, and I had to say it this way because I've been in the health research field for a long time, and I don't, when I don't call them arteries. I call them pipes. <laughs> uh, so people get a vision. But when I say to people, okay, they go and get fresh water, but is that enough to flush a toilet? Is that enough to wash your hands? No. They're getting just enough to be able to survive their family and, and their, how they can live. And she and the children, especially the female, her health is going, is, is she doesn't get to live as long. Because she's been so, this endurance run has been so unhealthy because of the responsibilities and the stress and having to carry that water. That what, have you ever picked up a bucket of water? Yeah, so five, five five gallons is forty four pounds, and it, it would not be unknown to have women gather. You know, have two jerry cans. So exactly two, five. So you can imagine. And, and, and like I said to somebody with the United Nations, I said. What if she broke her ankle and fell down the day before and she still goes? What if her back is killing her and something happened to her back or her spine or a disc or an arm or a hand or a neck? She still has to go. Yeah, and, and the other thing, Sharon, that, that isn't talked about as much is, is just overall um, women's safety. So these women, not only are they breaking down their bodies, not only are they spending all this time, but now often they're going, you know, they're leaving before dawn. They're sometimes coming home uh, on the second trips, you know, in the dark. And, and these women often are, are walking alone far distances, and that, that exposes them to, um, to violence, to other things that you don't hear about. I'll just say um, it the way it is. It's, they're raping her because they know she's got a pattern, and they right. know they can predictably, she's going to be coming through there. How many, how many women are going to be coming through there? Yes. Those areas, yeah. Yeah, so we, we do see that, you know, when you can bring clean water to these, to these villages, um, mm-hmm. not only is obviously the, the aspect of having the clean, safe water for the health oh, wow. reasons, but then when you can bring it in and you can put a well in their village in close proximity, 
you know, you're also solving a lot of these time issues, these exposure to violence issues, um, right. which opens up, you know, a whole realm of community development. And, and then the diseases. Now, tell me about some of the diseases in those areas where they finally got fresh water. Have you ever looked at the statistics of how the diseases began to, to uh, not diminish but be, become much more uh, controllable? You know, I have, I, this is Stan, I was in Sierra Leone, and um, this was probably four years ago, and uh, I'll never forget it. It was uh, the only health community clinic in an area called Kalaba Town, and um, when we went in, the, the, they had had new wells for probably eight months, and when we went in, I talked with the, the head nurse there and just said, well, talk to me about what this water is meant, and just enthusiastically, he's showing oh. me charts saying no more cholera, no more cholera. Oh, I'm getting tears in my eyes. And and it was just this moment in time. It was legitimately a moment in time charted on their wall where you could see cholera cases, and then all of a sudden it almost stopped. And and he said that's when when the water came. That's when the water came. And this is why this show is so important, guys. Um, Well, listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Jeff and Stan. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dan and Jeff, are you with me? We are. <laughs> I like that unison. <laughs> anyway, we were talking uh, about uh, how important important it is that uh, the villages, because of the diseases, let alone fresh water is what the life lives, uh, is all about. So living waters. Now tell us, if, before we forget, because I've had living waters on here before, but I know, but other people, how, what is the foundation and where, how did living, who founded living waters? Sure. Living water um, started around 20 years ago. It was a group of businessmen in the oil and gas industry. Um, and by the way, I'm really glad you said that for me because I get very, very uncomfortable uh, and annoyed, <laughs> uh, I'm saying it kindly, that people out there are always disrespecting 
our energy, our oil and gas industry that gives them the modern facilities that they need. Well, so tell us about their generosity to the world out there, please. Sure. So we say, you know, uh, oil and gas's failure is our success, right? Your whole story about hitting water instead of oil. But um, these... Um, these families actually from Houston about 20 years ago went to Kenya, and they didn't even go because of the water issue. There was no World Water Day. No one was really talking about water 20 years ago. And they were there, I think, to help build a hospital or a school, and they were overwhelmed by seeing um, Kenyans from all walks of life, from rural poor to men in business suits, gathering water from unclean water sources. Um, it just made a lasting impression on them. And them being drillers themselves involved in the oil and gas industry came back and decided to try to do something about it and spent years. Um, we called it failure then. We call it learned lessons now. But they tried to drill wells for years and eventually sought um, success when they began to train and equip local Kenyans to drill wells in their own country, and that forever changed, really, the focus and direction of living water. Mm-hmm. You know, something was just coming through my mind, both of you. Um, oil and gas are ben- below our surface of the earth, just ready to whatever, and um, and, and we made it a, a very a nature to making our lives better. And the people who founded the original sources of our oil, gas, and fuel, the energies of our life to give us the modern life that we, everybody wants, even if you're, you know, uh, you know, we kind of say, and, and, and I'm going to use a, Al Gore, for an example, um, never wanted wanted everybody to think about all this energy we're using and all that we shouldn't use oil and blah, blah, all this stuff. And yet, look at the how do you get on an airplane? How do you drive your car? How do you even fuel your life? It's a source of all life, and yet it's below the earth as a nature to earth for a particular reason. And that's what I've said. Water is there. Fresh water is there for a reason. Right. So I'm glad we brought this up today. Um, about what, how the generosity that our oil companies have given throughout the world, just generosity. And yet they're using nature on earth too. And being very, very generous. With humbleness and humility too, by the way. Absolutely. Because they're sure pounded a lot. And I, I'm glad you brought it up. And the other one I'm going to bring up today, as I'm thinking about it out loud, is Nestle owns the most amount of freshwater businesses all over the world. And if they weren't buying up some of those freshwater businesses, our mankind are not taking care of them. So, therefore, we're taking them for granted that if somebody wasn't buying them up with their generosity, humbleness, and humility, that there may be some day where we've left that behind and there may not be enough fresh water to put in a bottle to send all over the world for us to drink because our states and our countries were not thinking about how important fresh water is for drinking all over the world. So I just got my two cents in there, both of you. <laughs> so, okay, everybody just turned off the radio. <laughs> I'm teasing. But back to uh, what we're trying to do today here with Living Waters. Now, how old, has, how old is Living Waters now? We're, we're working on 24 years now. 24 now, you have a new CEO, I think. 
We do. A uh, gentleman, uh, Dr. Mike Mantell, um, he had a, a very long tenure with World Vision and about uh, three years ago came in as our new CEO. Yeah, we had him on, I think, just about when he started, and I had the one before him on. Yeah. 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 So what is your what is your focus right now? And now it's not just, do you have any other countries besides Africa? Yeah, so we're working through, um, I think, about 12 countries throughout um, sub-Saharan Africa. We're working um, in North, Central, and South India. Central mm-hmm. America, we're working in three or four countries, and then in Haiti, doing a lot of work mm-hmm. there. Tell me um, about India. What are you doing it, in India? India is fascinating, um, actually. Um, it's it's where a lot of the drill rigs come from. It's where a lot of the hand pumps that you see around the world have actually been manufactured. Um, it, but there is a, a, a dramatic need for clean water. I would oh, yeah. say things get more dry the more north you go, as you know. Um, and yeah, and so we've been working. Now there. the reason I asked you. Excuse me for interrupting. The reason I asked you about that, and we'll come back in a second here is in the National Geographic issue where it's the whole thing. Did you ever see that one where it's water issue? Right. Yeah. Okay, did you see the, uh, the, where the little boy in India, and they were lined up to all these children, and they were lined up to get some water from a water pump one by one, and they, he, had, he, he had a little baggie, like we see our little sandwich baggies, and he, cause he was so thirsty, he crowded, and they beat him to death. And I'll tell you both, someday we're going to bring that little boy back to focus to the world. That was, that's India. Wow. And they, they have so much going on that are moving. There, there's 1.2 billion people there. And we have a lot of children in India who are starving and are not doing well. And uh, so I'm glad to hear now your focus in India to help people in India uh, with their water issues, what are you learning? So in India, we work with local churches, and mm-hmm. so it really d- doesn't matter. I don't think uh, what denomination or what religion that you are. We're working um, with pastors um, and their congregations that, because of their faith, are seeking to love their community really well because their faith requires it. And so when they ask the question, what does my neighbor need, the answer is water because it's the same answer to the question that they have for themselves. They need water. And so we have worked alongside for years local pastors who through the church provide water free for anyone. So it's not dependent on what religion or caste or anything that you are. And what is amazing is the sustainability of those projects. It's remarkable. It's something that we've learned. Um, and it's because of that local ownership. There is a local community group that is, uh, that is expressing some form of ownership or uh, care for that water project. And so mm-hmm. when the well breaks, which all wells will, mm-hmm. they have a system in place of working with the community to raise funds or the church themselves will raise mm-hmm. funds to then hire a mechanic to come fix the well. Oh. Uh-huh. And women are probably behind that too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the women are behind it. Oh, I, I, I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but did you know that way back in time, the very first word doctor was a, a woman? Women were the doctors. Yeah. 
And I think the the compassion of her role in life, having given birth to her babies and life and babies, her passion is very nurturing. So, of course, she would nurture what's most important for their health, primary, and their her whole family would be a focus to her, uh, primary. So, And I love the word investing. When you're going into these communities and investing into someone to oversee it, and they get some money to do that, and they keep their logs, and they make sure that the safety of the water is always monitored. Um, and then, like you said, if something breaks down, somebody is going to come and repair that quickly because the water is constantly being uh, needed, required for the community to, to exist. Now, where, what other countries are you finding? Now, over in Kenya, our show has been in Kenya with guests, on the Mara River that's having a worse drought in, than ever in history and hasn't gotten much better. How, how, how is that coming along in Kenya? So in Kenya, we're working in a specific uh, geographic area. I believe it's in the western province. Um, and to go back to something you actually had just said, I wanted to have this note. Um, we've been working in Uganda um, with a partnership of the Office of the First Lady in Uganda, and, and you're Listeners may be interested in this. Since since we've worked uh, in the last two years, that the communities themselves that we've worked with, some of the poorest communities on earth, have themselves been able to to raise one thousand seven hundred U.S. dollars among themselves to put into accounts to be able to to maintain their water source over mm-hmm. time. Wow, and I think that's remarkable. It I mean, is, we yeah. talk about investment, so it's not just investment of oil and gas and and people here that have economic means to give, but Living Water is working very hard um, to to ensure the investment of communities in their own water source too. Tell me, um, and, and I think the listeners would like to now that we've gone back to the word investment. When you go into a community, and how do you choose somebody who can handle that investment for you? How do you choose them? A great question. So like in Uganda, for example, we're working alongside local community leaders. And so mm-hmm. this is not living water showing up in a community and then just saying, who's in charge here? Right. Rather, yeah. we go through an actual <laughs> application process yeah. where maybe we've been active in the country for, let's say, a year or two. We will target a geographic area. And then we will invite communities to submit an application for living water to work with them. And so there's a vetting process of understanding not just who the community leaders are, but what are the assets that are already present in the communities themselves. So this is us believing that even the poorest communities on the planet have something to give. And so we want to tap into that. And then we work with um, existing, um, like, infrastructure, existing leadership in the community, um, or we'll help to create what we call a community-based organization. So that would be key members of the community, yes, of course, women, um, community leaders, uh, faith leaders, um, school leaders. So we work very closely with schools. So th- their version of a PTA, for example, might be part of a leadership team that would help mm-hmm. oversee these things. Now, something went through my mind, which I'm sure other listeners too, is there's always greed in every walk of life since I'm sure the beginning of our caveman. 
In other words, they exchanged the pebble, but they were trying to outwit the pebble that each one got. How do you choose the person where they're not going to take advantage of other people because they have the water? So that I'm sure that's a challenge. I, I want to just say that with the communities that Living Water has worked with, that 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 is a rare occurrence. It's okay. it's the exception, and so um, communities are desperate and mm-hmm. they are willing. And I mean, you have women that are walking hours a day. That that's an unbelievable entrepreneurial spirit to do whatever it takes to provide for your community. And so that is the human spirit that we tap into, right? Mm-hmm. Is the willingness to do whatever it takes to help the health of the community. Um, I'd say you know it's. It's the application process itself. Mm-hmm. It's the amount of time that Living Water is spending with communities or trying to spend with communities up front. And then mm-hmm. it's making sure that it's very clear from, from, from day one, um, water is not for just a certain demographic of the community. We will never put a well on private land. The, the water project has to be public and available for everyone. And we've seen cases where community leaders, because they are so dedicated to water for their community, will actually publicly write, um, write over land ownership rights to the entire community publicly. They have a new bylaws for the community. Yeah, I mean, you, you have guidelines. You have you know, a poor, a, a poor village or a poor community leader where maybe it's his greatest or her greatest asset is this land mm-hmm. care so much for their community that they mm-hmm. would be willing to give up their land to the community in order to make sure that water comes to town. Okay. Now, let's move on uh, to something that's very obvious. Uh, now, we're talking fresh water, and I, I always have to remind my team, we're not talking about the seawater. We're talking fresh water all the time. And that's something I think we ought to add to the water, the, the W-A-T-E-R. If we're going to talk about fresh water, let's start saying, to get the world thinking, fresh water. Hopefully it's safe and healthy. Uh, but back to the freshwater sources with these wells, that is not a lot of water to go and grow a little garden or have a, uh, a toilet, uh, running water to wash your hands. Um, what is the future of once you get one water source? Is there a, a other futures to adding more facility for waters? Are there, so, do they have a place where they get to go to modern facilities? We call those bathrooms. Is there a community one of those? What do they do to get more water available for these um, healthy, other healthy living standards? I, I think your point's so great. When we, when we talk about water, um, it can seem like it's everywhere, but very little of the water on Earth is drinkable. It's safe for consumption. And so water. Our, right. the first thing that we're looking at is water for consumption. And when mm-hmm. when those of us who are in the, the the water nonprofit industry talk about water, we're really talking about water access. Mm-hmm. And that's a very specific term, and it's important. We're talking about access to safe water. So it's water that meets or exceeds the World Health Organization standards for consumption. So it has to be safe to drink. We're also talking about access, which is distance, right? So what good is a water source, though clean, if a woman's still having to walk, you know, an hour and a half to it? The, the goal is, under water access, is to provide water so that it can be gathered within a 30-minute round trip. Okay. And then we're also talking about amount of water. 
And so your point earlier about how most um, communities are gathering maybe just enough to consume but not to wash or to clean or to bathe in is exactly right. And so really what Living Water is dedicated to is providing water access, so safe, mm-hmm. clean water, and enough water that it would meet not just the consumption needs mm-hmm. but the sanitation, the cleanliness needs, the hygiene needs of, of right. people as well. Right, right, yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Now, there's got to be some things that I haven't brought up uh, that you would like to bring up today. So tell me some things that you'd like to discuss. Well, I think, um, you know, I'd like to share a little bit about how hard this work is. And that's... um, as a nonprofit, often that you will you'll go to websites and you will see uh, the smiling kids underneath the hand pump, and um, and it is true that water is a moment in time that can change a community. It really is, and we it's this global issue. Um, it's estimated that you know it could be as much as over a billion people lack access to water that's safe to drink, right? And so we know that if you provide X number of dollars, you can help bring a well to town, and it'll change the community from the inside out. The real work, I believe, is the community investment part. It is ensuring that water today means water 10 years from now. And I think that no matter who you're supporting or no matter what organization you're looking into to help provide water around the world, it's very important, um, I would say, to invest in that organization over the long haul as well. Um, the water issue is not going away um, as, as wars no, are No, it won't. It's no. sad because... Um... Uh, you know, stop and think about that word you just said. The water issues are not going to go away, and it's because, for some reason, on this planet Earth, the primary focus of all life in the water is our faith in God in the water. They left it behind. Right. And um, the living water, um, uh, and by the way, whoever called your organization the living water... <laughs> It wasn't wasn't brilliant, but it, it is so true. It's like one time I was listening to this. There was a story about this little girl t- turned to her mommy and said, "Mommy, where is God?" And her mommy said, "Well, honey, God's in the water." So why did they leave that behind? And here we are trying to catch up, and the Earth is getting older every day. And life and what is health issues. And both of you stop and think. The next time you hear a doctor in the United States on national television talking about the flu or a disease or uh, uh, taking or a medication to take, they never say drink a lot of fresh water without anything in it. They say drink fluids. And I think oftentimes maybe they're afraid there won't be fresh water, so they're calling it fluids. I don't know. But without fresh water to drink with everything you, your, each pill you take separately, vitamins or your medication or chasing it with your coffee, uh, anything that's a dehydrator, is uh, a, a, the dehydration of our bodies because the body is 50 trillion cells. What is the most important focus of our lives on this earth to fight diseases, to be healthier, to be in the Health Olympics, is fresh water. Well, and three percent. There's only three percent fresh water on Earth, and only one percent is usable. Right. 
and we and we take it so for granted, especially in the United States. You know, when we at any moment we can walk a few feet and turn on a faucet, and you know, I've heard stories about where you know kids have asked it. You know, is it true that in in the United States that you you flush your toilets with drinking water? You know, and and, and it's an eye opener, yeah. and I, I think yeah. that people. I, I like that one. Uh, don't you know they're not conscious of it here. Um, the awareness piece isn't there is because it's it, it feels so readily available. And well, now you go granted. over to the state of Georgia, and with the water wars that are going on between Georgia and I think it's Tennessee, but I forget which states. Anyway, they're having trouble. And you go over to uh, the states like Arizona and California and and the different states, New Mexico, and they're using Colorado water. So you stop and think about our, our 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 drinking water going down the toilet. Um, we're 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 going to have we're having water wars out there that are so subtle that for some reason our politicians never 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 discuss it. And it it's just mind boggling that if you wake up one morning and your electricity is off and your electricity dependent upon the well to run and you don't have water, but then all of a sudden your electricity comes back on that depends upon water. And your electricity comes on, and then thanks to those heroes, those linemen and those people that are our responders to get up on those poles, get that power on again, so you can have drinking water down your toilet again. I like that right. one. <laughs> but it's true. And all over the world, my gosh, if we don't start getting serious about what you're trying to do with your focuses and your investments and your contributions and getting the voice out there, you know, something that I watched during the last election, and I'm saying to everybody, I don't think anybody really understands what they're saying. And I really don't. And I often wondered, do people really think they understand what Jeff, you, and, and Stan are saying about water? Or do you have to take a shake? Do you understand this is fresh water? Do you understand how serious this is? What are you going to do about it to help us? My gosh, don't we want Earth to be longer than 10 years? We want it to be eternity. Yep. And don't you find that maybe sometimes you're wondering, do you understand what I'm just saying? You know who we find uh, gets it uh, probably the quickest is kids. So we've, we have 20 years of working with people all over the U.S. and abroad, you know, to raise awareness of the water issue. And some of our greatest advocates are kids that are, you know, my son's age, 6, 8, 12 years old, because the simplicity of, wait, a kid my age is drinking water that I can't even see through. There's something not right in this world. They get it. They understand. I'm going to tell you one about the children before we go to today. Is I was asked to, with a friend of mine in upper New York. She's a teacher at the Blue Mountain School Middle School. So my husband and I had to be in Manhattan on business, and we took the train up the Hudson, along the Hudson to get to the Blue Mountain Middle School up toward the other end of New York. And they wanted me to come in to be, uh, be a guest speaker in the assembly on discussing the values of water because the kids were going to come back from their break uh, after school break and come back and study water and science. So here came all the kids into the assembly, and they wanted me to be on the stage. And I said, no, 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 I'm being on the floor and get me two mics, one for me and one for the kids. Well, they brought in all the faculty, which a lot of the assemblies, the faculty will go off and do some other things, and not everybody has to be there. But they thought, well, maybe the kids might get bored because this this subject is not kind of too exciting. Jeff and Stan, 
They, they lasted 20 minutes longer than was expected. I missed my train. The kids didn't get back to class on time, and we got a standing ovation. I got a standing ovation. And what had brought tears to your eyes because the kids were hearing about things they'd never heard of before. They didn't realize they're walking like sponges in their water. They didn't realize that fresh water on Earth is only 3% one usable. They didn't realize that these children all over the world that we hear about are for real. They're dying. Right. But we only have one minute left, and what would you both like to add to it? Well, I'd love, um, I first want to say thank you. Thank you for bringing awareness of this global issue. Um, uh, thank you for, you know, just, uh, I guess, trusting us to be on the air. If, if anybody wants to find out more information about Living Water, they can visit us at water.cc. So that's www.water.cc. Um, we're in Portland now. We love being here. We walk in clean rain you know, 300 <laughs> days out of the year. So if, if anything, you know, we talk about just kind of being uh, in your face, you know, it, it's so easy to take it for granted. You're standing in, in Oregon, the most beautiful place on earth. I'm an Oregonian. I was hey, I, we, we love it here, and it, it's been a warm welcome of people who now, just have you ever really been do want to make southern, a difference. Have you ever been to Southern Oregon? I am headed to Southern Oregon this weekend, actually speaking out in Medford. So. Oh, okay, well, we're in, I'm in Grants Pass. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, you guys will have to come down this summer when we have all the Jet Hills Gate boats and, and all, over here in Grants Pass, we have all those big, huge, uh, uh, tour boats and restaurants on the river and climbing in the mountains and, and all. So you'll have to come down and sometime when you're coming, let me know ahead of time and I'd love to treat, and especially in the summer, we'll have you come out here at our research facility. Uh, that would be wonderful. Thank you for that. Well, both thank you for your dedication. And God's will, and I know you're really uh, concentrating. And I hope you do whatever you do in your life. You never stop what you're doing with fresh water, because it is very important for the whole planet, not just for us here in America, but all over the world. Yeah. We believe the same. Thank you. Thanks Thank you. Thank you. Time, Sharon. Be well. Thank Bye. you. Well, we've had some of the most wonderful guests on our show through the years, from the United Nations to NASA, NOAA. To, we've been in Kenya, we've been in Holland, we've been all over the world with some of the most wonderful guests on nutrition and your life and your health there is. And I want to thank everyone, and I want to thank Polly, Feather, uh, Polly Featherton for making these shows possible, and our Executive Secretary, Bonnie Mark. Um, the world is waiting to hear our story, and I hope you will help us. Embrace your life every single moment on this planet Earth because it belongs to everyone and you're a special part of it. But Earth whispers, don't say goodbye. Don't take it with you, all with you. Leave behind the magic of what it's all about. And fresh water is alive. It's living. It's within you and it's around. It's something very vital. I want to thank you for listening and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.
again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.